Just read a great little book, uh, 50 Secrets of the World's Longest Living People. It's by Sally Beer. She's a nutritionist from the UK. And uh, I've always been fascinated, as you know, in these book of the day summaries. I don't just talk about business or talk about, you know, relationships and dating or higher purpose. I, I like to include health in there because that's really the foundation of life. So this w- woman went around and she studied basically four or five people groups that have a high rate of uh, octogenarians, people who live past a hundred years old. So she studied people from Okinawa, Japan, where people have, you know, 70% fewer heart attacks than America. They have quadruple the amount of people who live past 100 than the U.S. Uh, and, and, you know, Europe. Um, then she studied Simi, Greece, uh, Cappadomili, Italy, Hunza, which are, which is in India or Pakistan, and Bama, China, which is tied with Okinawa um, for, the peop- for the place where the people live the longest. So she gave basically 50 points. Um, she, and I think that uh, some of them we already know, but a lot of them stuck with me um, as either a reminder or things I hadn't heard before. For example, um, eating, the, what they say in Okinawa, Japan, one of their keys to being so healthy and living so long is, only eat till you're 80% full. You know, in the modern world, we basically go to buffets and just eat till we're, you know, completely stuffed. But quite a few of these people groups had this idea of eat till you're eight parts full or 80% full. I thought that was interesting. Um, they were big on seaweed. So the minerals contained in this ocean are extremely balanced extremely healthy. There's a lot of rare minerals you won't get anywhere else. So like Okinawa, Japan, even in Okinawa, the people who lived the longest were those who lived on in this particular point area of the island where it used to be covered by the ocean. It used to, it's, the ocean has um, gone down over, over the centuries, but it's left a deposit of a lot of sea minerals. So putting seaweed on your food, you can buy that, you know, raw seaweed. Um, just a little teeny bit. It kind of tastes like salt. Uh, interesting thing. Most of these people groups ate a little bit of carbs. They ate whole grains. So, you know, in the world now, it's like very no carb Atkins diet kind of concept, but these people all ate whole grains, but they didn't eat white bread. They had sprouted bread, which is interesting. You can buy that actually Ezekiel bread at Trader Joe's or Whole Foods, which is reduces the gluten content and kind of activates the bread. So um, that's what the Hunzas in India ate. Another thing, apricots and apricot kernels, supposedly one of the healthiest things you can eat. The Hunzas who are kind of famous for living the longest, having kids when they're, you know, the men say they have kids when they're 90 still and all this, they eat apricot kernels, which is the highest source of, of, of a trace or a vitamin called B17. So, um, blueberries, big. 
She talks about yogurt. There, I didn't realize there was actually a guy who won a Nobel Prize, I think, in 1908 for showing how Bulgarian peasants who ate this certain kind of yogurt, fermented food, lived uh, longer than anyone around them. So uh, yogurt, He, re- the author recommends uh, also sheep cheese and, uh, yeah, sheep cheese and fermented foods being good. Uh, miso is what they eat in, in Asia. It's pretty powerful. Chewing a lot. I thought that was interesting. They did one study and one person found chewing up to 150 times every bite of food you, you ate. There was a group of, uh, of, uh, POW survivors, soldiers who were captured in a war. I think it was World War II. And they talked about three of them out of the 100, 100 people decided that they were going to chew all their food like a hundred times before they ate it. And, uh, they were the only three people to survive the starvation and so on. And scientists that she talks about various studies that have showed how important chewing is. I remember when I was young, my grandpa used to chew like 30 or 40 times. It drove me crazy. I don't know if you have to chew 150. That sounds like a lot. Another interesting finding, all these people groups that live long drank alcohol almost every day, but you know, they weren't drinking vodka, tequila. They were drinking some form of fermented grapes. So wine or fermented rice, the uh, kind of similar to sake, but made out of rice. That's what the Okinawans have. And, and the Italians and Greeks drink red wine. So, um, but the author says, you know, more than two glasses a day has all kinds of bad stuff. So I thought that was interesting. The other thing was, Green tea was huge. In fact, people in Okinawa said green tea was really the key. And, and green tea has, um, I think they say it's the most concentrated food or drink for antioxidants. So four glasses a day is what science says of green tea. I'm actually going to start drinking green tea. I've meant to do it, but it was funny. They said, uh, in China, they say the key to life is drink. This is an ancient proverb. Drinking green tea in a pavilion next to a lily pond with a beautiful woman. So if you can pull that off, if you can find a lily pond, beautiful woman, or if you're a woman, find, I guess, a good looking guy and drink green tea. It's key to life. Um, and they also said the, the Chinese say the leaves of the green tea should be harvested by virgins. Not sure why, but, uh, I thought that was funny. Um, she talks about water, what kind of water, and the Hunzas drink this water that's mineralized, basically runs down the, like the, uh, Himalayan mountain range and runs through all these rocks. So she feels that mineral water is better than distilled. That's kind of controversial in the health world. Some people are like drink distilled, but her big thing is mineral. Um, <clears throat> interesting exercise. Exercise is so important that people who smoke, but also exercise, live longer than people who don't exercise and don't smoke. So actually not exercising is way worse for you than smoking. Now, obviously smoking's bad for you. I don't smoke and she's not advocating smoking, but she was just making a point that sweating every day 
was one thing these people groups had in common. She talks about these 100, 105-year-old women in Greece and Italy that would every day, that one of these villages had 350 stairs she had to go up and down. And every day they would climb these 350 stairs to this one woman to sell her goat cheese or something like that. So, you know, if you're not sweating every day, she's recommending doing that every day. Um, play mind games. Like, I'm not talking about like in relationships. I'm talking about things like puzzles or checkers or chess been proven to keep your mind young. Um, breathing. Huge. Again, in the 1930s, there was a Nobel Prize on the health benefits of properly breathing. Most people shallow breathe. But one thing that, that works well is just humming a lot or singing in the shower. Any kind of thing where you kind of, and, and she also talks about how music has a scientifically proven positive effect on your brain to lower stress, release endorphins, but humming, I thought that was interesting. People who did med, who meditated have half the cancer, according to one study that she talks about. And all these people groups, these ancient people groups were big on meditation. She, so basically, I, I've, there's a cool app that I've downloaded on my iPhone called, I think it's called Headspace. It's cool. If you've never gotten it, it's 10 minutes a day. This one monk guy, I think, teaches you, and he just walks you through it. And she was big on uh, And also prayer, even if you're not religious. She talked about all these people groups prayed and believed in prayer a lot. Um, she talks about Norman Cousins, who was a famous uh, guy in the U.S., and laughing he cured his disease with just literally, instead of all this medication in the hospital, he would watch Marx Brothers comedy movies. They call it inner jogging, singing in the shower, all super powerful. One thing interesting from the social standpoint, selfish people die younger. Um, people who volunteered at least two hours a week had like 60% lower death rate. So one of the keys she found in these people groups is that there was a lot of social connections for these people who live past 100, and these cultures also looked up to you. When you were over 100, you weren't looked down on. And so, um, yeah, she's really big on needing to be part of a group and do some kind of volunteer work, something bigger than yourself. Something funny, married people live three years longer, so some kind of security that comes from that. Most of these people who lived past 100 and were super healthy were married. And, you know, funny little thing, they think it's because of the security, the mental security people get from a marriage because people who live together but aren't married don't get this health benefit. They've only found it in actually committed married people. In fact, she says 70% of heart attacks that people have while having sex were during an affair or a one-night stand. So somehow sex linked to insecurity is much more stressful for people and you know, one of the common characteristics of all these people groups, the Hunzas, the Greeks, the people in Capitamelli, Italy, the Hunzas, the people in China, very low levels of stress. They say the Okinawans have something called Okinawan time. They're always late for things. They're just kind of carefree. They don't have mortgages and all these things we have in the modern world. They said, if you don't get married, get a dog because <laughs> you need some kind of attachment to something, some big social group. Um, and they said plus one benefit three times you're three times more likely to meet someone romantically if you have a dog or a pet and she talked about a harvard study where being lonely is worse than having a bad diet 
people who were lonely died earlier. So having a huge social group. Now, of course, the main, you know, the big picture thing was that I didn't mention, but kind of the gist of the book is you should be eating seven or eight times the amount of vegetables than meat. Veggies, absolutely vital. And you should have about, uh, maybe a third as much vegetables should be fruit. So not as much fruit just because she says fruit has too much sugar. So, but definitely having one or two pieces of fruit a day, all these people groups that live long, the Hunzes were big on apricots. Um, and, and they had orchards and cherries and all this berries are huge. Berries are also in other books I've read modern hybridized food. It's not that healthy for you. So cause modern hybridized fruit has a ton of sugar it's kind of unnatural. So, um, that was the big thing, you know, and then fish, eating fish from cold water. So, and kind of fatty fish. So getting fish oils like sardines, mackerel, wild salmon. And, um, this book, she's a big believer in meat, but cause all these people groups had meat, none of them were vegetarian, which is, a, there's another good book by Dr. Weston Price called, uh, Nutrition of Physical Degeneration. I have a book of the day summary on my, on, on the site about that too. But this, so meat is commonly eaten by all healthy people groups, right? None were vegetarian, but the amount, but the type of meat, you know, was from animals that are not eating processed food that are not in feedlots that are out eating grass, chickens that are eating bugs, eating grass, fresh sunlight, not factory farmed. So that was number one, wild fish, you know, not farmed fish. And then number two was the ratios. So, and I'll tell you from reading, I've read every diet, health, nutrition book, basically that's out there. I probably have, you know, a hundred books uh, on this subject. I will tell you, everyone agrees on that eating tons and tons of vegetables. I don't think if I read a book by Arnold Schwarzenegger, big bodybuilder guys, all the way down to, you know, extreme vegan vegetarians, they all agree massive amounts of vegetables. And these people groups, same thing. Cause most of these people groups that they studied were not wealthy enough to eat meat all the time. So they would have pork, you know, once a week, they would have chicken once a week or twice a week or so this book advocates keeping those ratios really high for veggies versus meat. And then, you know, so veggies, the highest fruit next meat and animal products, the lowest, you know, and, and cheese is okay. Butter talks about, um, clarified butter, different types of butter, diff- and again, different dairy products. So not just cow milk. A lot of these people groups were having goat and sheep, which, I really think the thing I took from this book is massive variety, you know, variety, no processed food, lots of sleep. She talks about these people groups slept seven, eight hours a day on a nice schedule, not crazy. You know, I live at the Amish for two and a half years and go to bed when it gets dark is the best. I remember the first Amish uh, family I ever stayed with, they went to bed at seven at night. And I remember waking up at like three or four in the morning just bright eyed. Like, I mean, if you feel drowsy, that's a bad sign because if you sleep properly, you will pop out of bed, no alarm clock, nothing. So, you know, a lot of this book has some common sense stuff. There's some stuff, um, that I didn't, haven't heard before. Uh, let me add also, uh, olive oil, super important to have, um, blueberries. I think I mentioned that 
fermented food. Sprouts are great. But if you read this, it's really a lot of it's just common sense and it's no processed food. Man, and I, I'm about to do a book of the day on a book called Sugar, Fat, and Salt. It's by a guy who won a Pulitzer Prize on investigating the processed food world. I mean, I know this for myself. It's hard to do because these processed food companies are so scientific. They're employing five, six, seven hundred PhDs and doctors to perfectly create food that's addictive. Like cigarettes are addictive. You know, modern processed foods addictive. So it's not so much what you eat, according to this book. Because some of the people had pork, some of them had corn, some of them had bread, some of them had, you know, fruit more. They were they were different, but what they all had in common was simple, unprocessed food, simple life composed of those things that we all know we need: friends, laughing, a little bit of alcohol, but not a ton of alcohol. It's like this balanced kind of thing. And the benefit was, you know, you don't age, and if you do age. You basically, one of the ladies in the book talks about her mom who lived to like 107. And she said when she died, she we literally thought she had just gone to sleep. She just had a smile on her face and she didn't die with a heart attack. My grandpa actually, I think, died at like 98. Same thing, just kind of fell asleep. So um, moderation, connections to other humans, and really focusing on food. Food, 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 food. Now, this book doesn't get into other things like weightlifting, which is also super anti-aging. But these people groups, did they were mostly all farmers and peasants, so they were lifting things all day and walking all day. But food is everything. I mean, I was just in Europe where people are definitely healthier, and I came back to America. And right when you land in the airport, it's just like you look at people and what's wrong with them? Skin sagging, look older than they are. I was out when I came back. This guy I went out with, and he's like – um, guess how old I am? And I was gonna, about to say, I was going to, I was thinking he's probably like 65, but I'm going to guess low to make him feel good and say 55. But thank God I didn't. I got distracted. And like 10 minutes later, he's like, yeah, I'm 42. And I was thinking, dude, you look 20 years older than you are. And it comes down to these simple things. We all want the magic bullet. I mean, if you want a magic bullet from this book, try the apricot curdles. You know, that was a kind of a cool thing that I haven't heard apricots and there's this apricot seeds but in general if you look at this book it's just like reducing stress sleeping more tons of vegetables variety of food so you're getting all your trace minerals from different food and then how the food's raised not having food that's factory farmed you know organic food stuff on good soil that's composted you know compost soil that has compost versus uh, a lot of chemical fertilizer it has a wider range of of Trace minerals and the minerals are more balanced, just like eggs. It talks about, you know, grass fed eggs. The omega six to omega three ratio needs to be in balance. And a lot of modern food, because of the way we eat, feed the animals, the omega three and omega six get completely out of whack. So, you know, back in 1978, one of my mentors, Alan Nation, started a book talking about it's called us, uh, Dockman Grass Farmer, about grass fed animals. And then in the early eighties, Joel Salatin, my first mentor, was talking about the need to eat grass-fed meat and eggs and milk and and the value of composting for your vegetables and fruits. Joel Salatin was telling, talking about this in the 80s. Only now, 30 years later, is it starting to catch on. I just read an article, the Los Angeles Lakers, the basketball team, Kobe Bryant's on grass-fed you know, milk and meat and vegetables. And he's feel, he said at 34, he feels better than he's ever felt before. So 
getting that food, investigating where it comes from. Here, even in Hollywood, where I, I live, you can go down to the farmer's market and get stuff straight from the farmer, where you see them, look them in the eyes, make sure your food's not processed. So it's a cool book, 50 Secrets of the World's Longest Living People by Sally Beer. Get it on Amazon. I got a used version. Probably get it for two bucks. And uh, skim through it, you know. Keep it on your coffee table. It's not a book you have to read uh, through um, word for word. So I will talk to you soon. And uh, stay healthy, man. Health without health, money doesn't matter at all. I got a. I know a guy who's a billionaire, and uh, but he's bedridden, just the most unhealthy guy in the world. He's got two 747 planes. He's one of the wealthiest people in the world. Just an acquaintance. I don't know him well, but I know when I look at him, I'm like, I would trade anything I have in the world. I mean, I know he would trade everything he has to be healthy because as the ancient proverb goes, you know, what does it profit a man to get gain the whole world but lose out on the vital things in life? health, soul, spirit, all that stuff. So talk to you soon.